0: What's up everybody, hello and welcome to episode number 121 of the VK Bros, with the VK Bros, Jason and Alex Von Cannell. Uh, coming at you from Brave Talk again, uh, life is busy at the moment, and uh, it is Friday night at 8 o'clock p.m., and I've got my nice big glass of stay-at-home um, uh, Sauvignon Blanc,
1: because it's been a big day. I've got Regal, 18 years.
0: Ooh, an 18-year-old. That's a bit old for you, isn't it, man? Very
1: nice. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. I'm kind of celebrating mm. because I did a part of uh, my gym testing today. Oh, yep. yep. Well, first of all, I'll show, I'll show the wounds. I don't know if you can... Oh, show. yeah. Quick,
0: of... quick gun show, ladies and gentlemen. If no, you're no, no, uh, no, listening to audio bruises. only, make sure you go on to Rumble because Alex is giving away free tickets to the gun show.
1: No, because the bruises? Yeah, what's that so I was doing front. So I was doing front... Front squats in the week, and we never do front squats, but it's just one of the testing things. Yep. And I don't have the flexibility to have like oh, yeah, the yeah under yeah. the bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like sit it on top and then just like sort of hold it down. Hot like dogs that. it. And got, yeah, hot hooks And then, yeah, there's a nice early naughty's reference there for the punters. That was and Big then, Brother, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Then I, uh, I like, as I went down, the bar starts choking me. <laughs> it's not good. And then I dropped one hundred and twenty kilos. And instead of just letting it drop, I tried to catch it.
0: Ooh, yeah, yeah cool. no
1: good. But what I was happy about was my deadlift. I did deadlifting today, mm-hmm. and my previous was my previous one ret max was one hundred and sixty kilos, and I did one hundred and sixty. Five. So just put, yeah, just put little pipettes on the end. But what's what's weird about it is that I've been freaking starving like mm. all day. So I, the day I did my uh, back squat, I only had 400 calories because, like I said, I've been calorie counting. Mm-hmm. And I only had 400 calories for lunch that day. And it was probably not the right preparation. Mm-hmm. Whereas this time, like Tasha made me a a shape with that was six hundred cows. Yeah, and I did the deadlifting in the morning, and I felt really, really, really strong. So okay. you got to think about all those things, like the setup and everything, to make sure. Oh, that for you're sure. The best. Like it's the best zone.
0: it's it's performance, right? Like it's yeah. it's like a professional sports person showing up for a game and being like, "Oh, I only had four hundred calories today," and then getting yeah, tired. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's just. Yeah prior preparation right
1: yeah so now i'm uh i'm happy i'm happy with that result
0: that's awesome progress is progress it looks like
1: i've lost like four kilos and then to go and lift more than i've lifted before yep um that was that's cool did that flip on your screen no did my image just flip or just only for me
0: Probably only for you. I think uh, on this brave talk, you can p- pick whatever setup you want individually. So it's just recording, obviously, what I'm doing.
1: Mm. I love it. I love this program. This program is slick. Mm. Uh, so, I need to. I need some better lighting setup here because I've got this, like, or a the headphones. Look at the look at the trench I've got in my hair. Yeah. <laughs> From the headphones. Yep. these are obviously my gaming ones. And then this shadow coming down where you can see my. Nose and my my glasses. Yeah,
0: it's also very white light too. You look very pale. You look very vegan.
1: No, it's more angelic is the word I would have used.
0: Yeah, because you've died and gone to heaven from lack of protein. Oh. <laughs> well, like I was saying before, I've had a uh, pretty hectic stay-at-home dad day with the, with the kids. It is Friday night, so it is the end of the week, so I'm enjoying my glass of wine because I have run out of beer. Uh, But guys, there's been a lot going on lately, as usual. Uh, Where would you like to start, Alex?
1: I actually want to start with crypto. Cool, let's go. Now, there was... So the FTX saga is still going on. There's still some more crazy stuff coming out. Nothing like that interesting to report. Mm -hmm. It's
0: just... It's just all little bits and pieces, isn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're realizing how crazy it was and then how inept they were mm. and it's just, you know, typical stuff. But what is now uh I will flick this up on the screen here. I have got um so this here mm-hmm. is Market CoinMarketCap, which is a great resource for crypto stuff. Yep. But have actually started a spot exchanges proof of uh proof of uh, like reserves, right. So one of the problems with FTX is that they were trade effectively trading insolvent. They were using other people's funds, allegedly, yep. uh, to pay other stuff, and they didn't really like. Apparently, they own no Bitcoin, so which is crazy to me. They own none, zero. Right. So, so now you can say so. Some of the options here mm-hmm. have say uh, exchange reserves data available, and then it'll actually tell you what their makeup, like what their how much they've got Yep Now <laughs> Okay so Here's the thing that still makes me very nervous Now mm-hmm. I'm a Binance fan Yep I like Binance But if you look at this right This pie graph And you look at here Yep B BUSD is a stable coin It's a Binance stable coin Right yep. So the bulk of theirs is Binance stable coin Much like FTT was Yep uh, FTX version USDT is US Tether. Yep. Bitcoin, cool. Bitcoin's the first one that's like a proper, 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 uh, like real asset in my in my opinion. Yep. And then BNB is Binance's own internal coin, mm-hmm. and Ethereum, another another good one that's that's has got some real value. Yeah. So what makes me a little bit nervous is that those 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 two yep. are effectively printed out of nowhere. Yep they're supposed to represent or pegged to the american dollar yep the binance coin is their own coin Mm -hmm. which again is just one that they've made up so that that makes me a little nervous Mm -hmm. i don't know if there's like if we if we find one so bitfinex is a little bit smaller like let's see okay look that's okay yeah 40 percent of their stake is bitcoin that's what you want to see
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah uh never heard of that token don't know what it is Ethereum um, TRX so so they've got oh, I'm guessing XAUT is a stable as well yeah but oh no it's not no it's not so um I think uh, this is a good thing that this is now like a great trigger for people that are getting in to understand that it's like trying to get loans from banks that don't have any money to loan uh, yeah. now we can now we can go and see yeah so yeah. um but you can see everything is sort of uh, following the same trajectory. Uh, just yeah, weird like shape one here, like this. This one here.
0: Yeah, that that definitely looks like something strange happened in the middle there, right?
1: Yeah, you got some um, like Femex. I mean, there's heaps and heaps and heaps and heaps and heaps f- yeah. uh, of exchanges. Funny, <laughs> funny story about exchanges. Lloyd's Auctions is working on behalf of a liquidator. Right. For an Australian uh, crypto wallet and exchange that liquidated 12 months ago. Went right. into liquidation 12 months ago. Okay. I'm going to have a bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, why not? It- so, it's got a wallet attached to it. Yeah. I want the wallet. Yeah. Uh, it's got, um, and it's got an exchange. It's got the website that no one's going to use. It was mycryptowallet.com.au. Mm-hmm. And it's got 18,000 customers. Obviously upset customers. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, so I won't be, um, I, I, I wouldn't mind having a crack at the, if you get it cheap enough, I think it's okay. So. Okay.
0: Yeah, and look at the end of the day, like here's what I think about the current situation, how I'm looking at it sort of from here and moving forward do I think that crypto is going away as the media would lead you to believe? No, definitely Mm not. I believe that this FDX situation uh, in the long run will end up being a really good thing. Number one, because it is another example of why you should move away from centralized systems. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And number two, I think the best thing out of this is like you said now there's actually something that people can look at to see whether or not a platform is legitimate or not or yeah, or risky or not and I think that uh, investors are going to be number one a lot more cautious now before they actually put down their hard-earned dollars yep. and number two there's actually some metrics they can look at now to, to be able to f- assess their own level of risk so mm-hmm. I, I do think this is going to be a positive thing in the long run
1: I think so mm. I think so I'm buying I think I have bought Bitcoin three times this week so yeah. <laughs> I've gone hard
0: well it's buying hard. time right
1: yeah yeah well it's Black Friday every day for crypto at the moment yeah
0: Black Friday isn't isn't that an interesting thing to to have come up now when the RBAs yelling at us to stop spending money
1: yeah like we said last week it's gonna be I'm sure record spend yeah a record spend for the Christmas rush yep. Uh, I, I, yeah, I have no doubt that people are going to go crazy, and and then at the end we'll of the month, what
0: um, what's his name, Philip Lowe, will come out and say, oh, because of the strength of the Black Friday sales, we're going to have to put interest rates up again because you guys spent too much money.
1: Yeah, yeah, like, I mean, he's not going to say it like that, but that's what it will be. Mm. The, you know that that'll be that'll be why. And that is a monster glass of. Um, yeah, well, I had to get something that would last me the whole
0: life. show. This is not a standard glass. This is half a half a bottle of wine.
1: <laughs> well, I'm dirty too because I poured myself uh, a double, which I've I've got in my fitness pal, like, and it's like 256 calories, and that's all I had. Yeah, right. Like, no. I did do 700 calories worth of exercise today, mm-hmm. but I'm only I'm capping myself at 2,000. Yeah, calories yeah,
0: yeah. You got to take the win so. from the exercise, otherwise, you'll just stay the same weight anyway.
1: Yeah,
0: mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, you go Oh, so I just wanted to briefly mention uh, I spoke to you about this earlier but I want to briefly mention obviously the Victorian election is tomorrow so mm. when this comes out this will be Monday so every all the voting and stuff will have already been done uh, but there's a couple of things that I briefly wanted to touch on in this because it, straight um, cards straight on the table my prediction for this election is I think Labor will still win whether or yep. not Dan Andrews is still running the party is, is up there. Uh, do, I, do I think that Ian Cook has an actual chance of unseating him in Mulgrave? Yes. Uh, yep. I would say in my heart of hearts, with my own biased uh, opinion on matters, I would say it's probably a 30% chance he has to win. But obviously, 70% is still pretty good odds. I think that, um, you know, for, I, I see a lot of... And look, it's, it's really, really difficult to assess things like social media chatter from Victoria because you know how much attention Daniel Andrews pays to social media and how much yeah. money he pays marketing himself on social media. Especially when
1: you got when you got unlimited funds from the unions to do
0: it. Yeah, exactly. And you know, taxpayer money as well. But the the thing that I've seen a lot of lately is like uh, on when you scroll through your Facebook news feed and it might be a story about, you know, Ian Cook or something like that. And next thing you know, you'll go through all the comments and there's like 20 comments going blah, 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 all talking about how good Daniel Andrews is, all talking about how yeah. he kept everyone safe through the pandemic. Like,
1: yeah, it's... Didn't most people die there?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, absolutely. Funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we don't even need to go over that stuff. Yeah. But I shared something on the VK Bros Instagram page last night, which I feel like is the elephant in the room. And the elephant in the room is the... He's pe- got elephant ears. Yeah. Yeah, he does have those as well. Uh, he doesn't have an elephant's memory though, right? No. He, he cannot record. Is it like the f- uh,
1: what about the 4,000 beds that he was going to build? Yeah. Oh, I, never I never said that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but yeah, the pandemic legislation, and I shared it on on the Insta- uh, the the VK Bros Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't seen that post, go and check it out and share it around a little bit. Because what is so bonkers to me about that legislation is it literally states in there that the Premier can declare a pandemic when they... It's it's based on, like, on reasonable grounds uh, when there is either a pandemic disease or a disease of pandemic potential. Yeah. Now, it does say that they must uh, consult with... Uh, and take advice from the chief health officer and the health minister before declaring a pandemic, there is nothing that says that they actually need to follow that advice. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Now, what concerns me about that, number one, media is currently hyping up the fourth COVID wave at the moment. So there's your pandemic disease that you can just go, like literally the day after he gets voted back in, he can just go, oh yeah, it's a pandemic. Lockdown time. Mm. So there's that. But number two, remember what happened with monkeypox? Right. Monkeypox came in and it was like, all of a sudden, it it's all well. Well, it's all you heard about all over the world yeah. was monkeypox, 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 yeah. monkeypox. We ordered 450,000 vaccines or whatever the number was. And even, sold
1: seven.
0: yeah, well, the World Health Organization still has it classified as a health emergency, right? Because yeah. they've got their own power grab. They're still trying to pull at the same time. But so in other words, monkeypox was a disease which basically didn't affect the country at all. At all. But we still spoke about it as if it did. Which means, if if they want to, because the Who's still saying it's a medical emergency, oh, monkeypox, health emergency, yeah. declaring a pandemic. Like, things have been too quiet on the COVID front down in Victoria over the last few months, and we've been calling this the whole time, that this is what was going to happen. But that switch is there, ready to go, as soon as he wins.
1: And do you remember, like, when he actually tried to that provision of the needing to talk to the health minister was only added in after. Yeah. That was not in the original draft of the bill.
0: That's right. And obviously they've just added it in as a performative because it doesn't actually make any difference. He can still do whatever, whatever the hell he wants. He can still do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. look, when we're talking right now, then may have already been a pandemic declared. Who, who knows? You know, This will, this will yeah. drop at 5 o'clock on Monday morning. He could have already declared one by now.
1: Great for us. Everyone's at home logging into Rumble. Rumble.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The only place that you can actually have free and open, honest conversations.
1: We like Rumble. I yeah, like I like the, Rumble. I like the format. Mm-hmm. The buffering's a little slow. I don't know if they maybe don't compress the videos as much.
0: Yeah, possibly. I'm not too sure. But but, um, that search
1: thing I think is fixed. Yep. That search issue that I think we had. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so um, we we like being on Rumble. Thank you, Rumble.
0: Yeah, yeah. And thanks everyone for joining us on Rumble. If you are watching and you haven't subscribed yet, could you hit the follow button? Obviously really helps the channel out. If you can leave a couple of comments, if you can hit the Rumble button as well, that obviously helps the channel out too. And definitely follow us on our socials, on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, Now that I'm doing a bit more stay at home dad life. I've got a little bit more time to actually get some stuff up there. I do think that it's a good idea to follow along on our socials because I like to post some of the stories on there that happen during the week before we get the chance to actually have a speak about them because usually they're, you know, some of these things are just sort of flash in the pan and they're over by the time the uh, the podcast recording time comes around. So definitely follow us on there. If you can interact as much as you possibly can, share the page, all that sort of stuff really helps us out. So we appreciate that too. Uh, speaking, Uh, send
1: send us some, if you want to send messages to the account as well, Yep. if there's anything that you want us to raise, like we know, I I know I've had a lot of feedback and some people have actually sent our videos to friends of theirs Mm -hmm. to like try and help expose some of the crazy stuff that that's happening. Mm. So, uh, but if there's something in particular that you want us to, um, to address, reach out and we'll, um, endeavor
0: to do our best for sure and even if it's just trying to get a different perspective on some sort of news item like Mm. one of the things that uh came up for me during the weekend i was having a conversation with someone who's still probably fairly blue-pilled but is starting to become more receptive to having these conversations and i was speaking about uh, i don't know if you heard about this but there was an ex-CIA guy who was who just did an interview fairly recently i think it was over the last week or so and he was explaining about how they used to uh, plant stories in the media to manipulate people like it was basically how the propaganda machine worked right and essentially this is what they did they would have they would get someone from the cia an, an insider to call some random news outlet from say south africa or something like that and go, hey, just want to give you a hot tip on on this particular matter to do with the Brits, and that's and they that would be, it'd be like an anonymous tip off, and they would know that that reporter's probably going to call someone maybe from the UK consulate or something like that to try to you know confirm the details. So then yeah. they would call someone from the consulate and tip them off and go, hey, this person's going to call, just go along with it. Okay, cool. Next thing you know, the the news story comes out at some rando news outlet in South Africa. Next thing they do, every single mainstream media outlet starts running the story and they cite the article from rando news outlet in South yeah, Africa.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: and, and when you really think about it these days, uh, obviously similar things happen all the time. And the most recent example that I can think of is the missile that hit Poland and killed two people and how quickly mm. it circulated that it was a, a Russian missile. mm and obviously, that's come out as a falsehood. But it didn't stop the mainstream media. Every single well, mainstream media channel running it.
1: The origin was a falsehood. It's still hit. Of course, so missiles hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but and it just wasn't. And what's they, they, the retaliation? But, they, but did you notice though? Did you notice that they moved from they moved from Russian missile to oh, it was a Russian-made missile fired by the Ukraine.
0: Well, that's that's interesting because. Right at the beginning, when I first saw it, they there was an article, because I even posted it up in one of the videos I post on Instagram, where they, they specifically said Russian-made missile. Russian-made missile. But, as we know, words are, and language are extremely important, and just calling it a Russian-made missile is enough for the average Joe off the street to go, oh, Russia did it. Because the average Joe off the street doesn't understand that... The Russia, yeah, it was a Russian-made missile. I think most of the missiles that Russia and Ukraine are shooting at each other are Russian-made, and they're made in like the 1970s. They've just yeah. been sit- sitting in a stockpile, so it's not like it's a recently made Russian missile.
1: Then but- I saw it pivot. Sorry, then I saw it pivoted to. Well, yeah, it was it was Ukraine defense, but like you need to blame Russia for that, like, mm. and and we had predicted that this would happen. Mm-hmm. And we thought that was going to be the excuse for uh, United Nations intervention.
0: Or NATO, specifically.
1: Sorry, I keep doing that. Yeah, you always Sorry. do that. That's so, all right. So, NATO intervention. Yeah. Now, lucky, lucky, it was, it seems to be just a flat out Ukrainian missile mm-hmm. and there's now no cause for any escalation so that's good that, that that has been a good thing
0: yeah but isn't isn't that like so two people in poland died for no reason and there's been i i, I don't know i haven't really been following the news story that closely mm. like since the news story didn't cause world war three i moved on mm. to other things but but two polish people are still dead and at the end of the day what like the I don't want to make too many assumptions because obviously assumptions can be dangerous as well. So I want you to take this with a grain of salt. But the concerning thing that we, I think we even spoke about this on the pod is that this happened just after the Republicans took the House and the Republicans have been saying for months that they're going to cut off the gravy train money that's being sent to Ukraine as soon as the Republicans took the House, next thing you know, what came out, that news story about uh, Ukraine potentially being open to peace talks. And obviously, if peace talks, if the war stops, then the military-industrial complex stops making money. And then all of a sudden, this stray missile hits Poland. All of a sudden. Not one mistake has been made this entire war thus far. Yeah. And days after peace talks are, are being spoken about, an errant missile hits a NATO ally.
1: Yeah, well, I'm glad this one didn't stick.
0: Well, yeah, but still stuck into the two Polish people.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 and that sucks. That sucks. We don't want to be at war. Do a deal.
0: Yeah. Now, what I was going to segue this into, so getting back to the the point as part of the conversation, which is about how the CIA uh, plants stories to yep. then have everyone cite that story to manipulate the narrative. Yeah. That has become apparent again this week in regards to the lab leak theory yeah, of yeah, the yeah, yeah, COVID yeah. origins. So I don't know, have you have you got the article up there by any chance? I do. All right, maybe maybe you could Read a bit of the article, and then I'll hash it out a little bit.
1: Okay, so this is from the uh, the Times UK. It's titled "Scientists in COVID Talks Lamented Wild West of Wuhan Biosecurity." Uh, a leading UK scientist privately criticised biosecurity in Wuhan laboratories as the wild west in emails discussing the possible origins of the coronavirus. In February 2020, Sir Jeremy Farrar, head of the Wellcome Trust, a leading research charity, was part of a group of scientists who were concerned with the virus that the virus may have been leaked from a laboratory. Now, in 2020, you were kicked off the internet if you said that, Mm-hmm. right? Also involved in discussions were Anthony Fauci, Francis Collins, who helped lead the U.S. coronavirus response. And uh, Sir Patrick Stop! Vallon. Can you
0: just stop there for a sec? Uh, yep. I just, just want to make the key point. So Francis Collins was the head of the National Institutes of Health. So he was the highest person in health in America. He has since retired. He retired, I don't know, a year ago, I think.
1: The fat stack of cash.
0: Yep. And Anthony Fauci did his last press conference yesterday, and he's he's retired now as well. Mm. Just so you guys are aware. All right, continue.
1: When the pandemic's over, right? He was going to retire when the pandemic's he over. He said
0: he was going to retire either when the pandemic finished or when Joe Biden finished his term, and he's retired when the pandemic's still going and Joe Biden's got two years to go. Just so happens that all this information's starting to come out, and so just by sheer coincidence, he's retiring now, two years early. I think
1: Henry Rollins has a song, I think, that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, also involved in discussions with Anthony Fauci, Francis Collins, who helped the US coronavirus response, and Sir Patrick Valance, the UK's chief scientific advisor. Mm-hmm. The discussions with some of the world's leading genetic- geneticists yep. and virologists led to the publication of an extremely influential report paper that ultimately concluded the coronavirus. Research no paper, si- sorry. Re- what did I say?
0: You said report paper? Research paper?
1: Research paper uh, ultimately concluded the coronavirus showed no signs of having been manipulated in a laboratory. However, before the paper's publication in March two thousand and twenty, Farrar and others had expressed concern that it might have not have been natural origin. Their worries centered on some of the genetic features that appeared to imply genetic manipulation. Farrar later said that during this time he devised to use a burner phone. Jason, who uses burner phones?
0: Uh usually men cheating on their wives, or yeah, drug dealers. Yeah. Or health professionals uh, having open, honest, transparent conversations about the origins of pandemic-level viruses.
1: Yep. The group's emails have been subject to intense speculation among these who believe the early concerns of the virus, virus's origin were willfully suppressed and that subsequent pl- uh, paper by those involved in the discussions was part of that process. Mm-hmm. Although the emails have been released before, parts were redacted. Mm-hmm. I wonder which parts were redacted.
0: Just the good bits. The,
1: the unredacted tranche... Released under freedom of information rules, shows that the scientists were especially shocked by learning the details of one of the experiments being carried out in Wuhan. This involved passing a virus between mice that had been genetically modified to express the receptor proteins used by coronavirus to infect cells.
0: So, just a, a key point on that as well: the genetically modified mice are what they call humanized mice. So, in other words, they genetically modify them so that their characteristics are closer to that a social of a media human. Account. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they did have a Twitter account. They've all just left when Elon took over. Yeah.
1: Francis Collins, then the head of the US National Institute of Health, which helped fund some of the research in Wuhan, said on February 4th, surely that wouldn't be done at a BSL-2 lab. BSL-2 ref- refers to only a medium level of biosecurity. Wild West, Farrar replied. So the implication is that the Wuhan virology lab was not equipped to handle that kind of testing on February 19th Friar was a signature of a letter to the Lancet journal dismissing conspiracy theories suggesting that COVID-19 does not have a natural origin the letter added conspiracy theories do nothing but create fear rumours and prejudice that jeopardise our global collaborate, co- collaboration in the fight against the virus mm-hmm. now I, I, I want to say that is correct so this is what we talk about, like in, the words are important, right? Yeah. Conspiracy theories do nothing but create fear, rumours and prejudice that jeopardise our global collaboration in the fight against the virus. Yep. Not not the truth about the virus, not actually curing the virus. It's just a fight against it, much like the war on terrorism, which is like a whole mm-hmm. new thing that they just created. The, we're going to fight terror. What's terror? Well, whatever we deem to be terror.
0: That's right. And also the, the key point for me in there is... Jeopardize our global collaboration.
1: Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. We've got a good deal going on here, guys. That's right. Like, you can't have that. Scientists involved in the email discussions have said that their initial worries were allied, allied, Allayed. allied, allied after proper investigation of the genetic code of the virus. Mm-hmm. This resulted in a paper in the uh, Nature Medicine Journal written by Team Farrar, a uh, team Farrar had helped convene, which concluded our analysis clearly show. That SARS-CoV-2 is not a laboratory construct, uh, construct or a purposefully, purposefully manipulated virus. Now, I just need to tell people I have finished a double whiskey. Right? And <laughs> a red, okay, and it is eight thirty at night, and my bedtime's nine. Yeah,
0: right. normally I do the reading. So, but because of the uh, tech setup that we're still playing around with, we've had yeah. to do it this way.
1: <laughs> although, although they judged that there was no evidence that the virus had been manipulated, a position that the That had been challenged but is still broadly the consensus of virologists that conclusion did not preclude a natural and non-engineered virus escaping from a laboratory now we know well the the u.s senate did they not just release a report that's where they said it's highly likely that it came from it leaked from a lab yeah And it raised evidence, uh, it showed evidence of flu-like symptom, Google search, or not, uh, I mean, uh, internet searches around the area of the lab, Mm -hmm. and actually much before what we thought, like this is in 2019.
0: Yeah, yes.
1: There's also a lot of reports that it was here in Australia in 2019.
0: Yeah, which our uh, health services, specifically the ones who manage our uh, blood donations, refuse to go back and test blood samples from 2019 for some reason for it.
1: Why would they do that?
0: Yeah, so a couple of obviously extremely interesting points in this. Number one, what Alex said at the beginning of this is absolutely correct. If you even spoke about lab leak you would be kicked off the internet at the beginning of the pandemic. It's one of the reasons why it took us so long to actually start speaking about the pandemic and the lab leak origin on YouTube because obviously fairly early on, we we were a little bit concerned about getting banned. Like we were only just starting to build a channel and essentially what we were worried about has ended up happening, but it's been in regards to uh, medical misinformation around vaccines mm. rather than the lab leak theory itself. Because at one point in time, they did change the rules on YouTube, which said that you could actually start talking about it. However, it would have been very handy to be able to speak about this stuff, obviously, right at the beginning, uh, When so at least people could be clearly informed. Uh, what is...
1: Oh, sorry, one of the other things that, I know Dr. John Campbell has definitely come around to... And he's the only person I've seen apologise for pushing the narrative from the beginning. Yeah. And he said in his video that... Did that come out today or yesterday?
0: Uh, I think it was this this morning, yeah. Uh,
1: I might... You talk about it. I'm just going to find it so we can direct people to it.
0: Yeah, so essentially he said in his most recent video that... uh, because he was, he was the one that we got this information from originally, because this freedom of information request actually came from, uh, England. And he was essentially apologizing to his followers because he unknowingly fed his followers misinformation right from the beginning of the pandemic, because he trusted the official narrative and the healthcare professionals. And, you know, and as he said in his video and like, to a degree, I I believe with him, like, for someone in his field you would have to be crazy to have questioned the narrative at the beginning mm. it 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 would make it makes no sense for the people who are support, who are charged with caring for us to to do this to their people it just makes no sense that is a great image of him by the way
1: now <laughs> where it paused because i had to pause the whole what do I uh... That's better. That's better. Yeah, so yeah that's better. It, it actually hasn't made it onto Rumble. I think he does Rumble a day or so after. Yeah. So I, I have got his. Um, talk. Thursday. I have got his. I have got his. Give me two seconds. Mm-hmm. His page up here on Rumble. Yep. Um, but it, it will go up by the time this is up. That video will It'll be, be up. There, so yeah. just check out his page there. It was really interesting, and again, he's the first the first person to actually say, "Hey, I, I." I was going off what they said yep. and it turns out what they said was all bullshit.
0: Yeah, but but just bringing, bringing back to the point that I was speaking about before about these psyops that the CIA used to do by planting news articles somewhere. Mm. The same thing happened with this. So as that article suggests, the paper that they wrote has been... Well, it doesn't say it in that article, but that paper has been cited by over 2,600 studies that have been done since then on the origins of coronavirus. So when you when you jump on your Facebook news feed and you scroll through and it goes, this new study shows, uh, you know, natural origin is more likely or lab origin ruled out by this new study. When you see that, every single one of these uh, new studies cites this paper, and and this is how misinformation propagates. And when and that this is real misinformation, right? This is not fake misinformation. foul information. Yeah. And you guys might be, any, any longer term viewers might remember from a few months ago, one of the things that we spoke about was how the, these new studies and these new meta-analyses of uh, SSRI antidepressant drugs uh, just came out a couple of months ago, which is talking about the fact that there's actually no link between serotonin levels and depression, so we've been handing out hand over fist SSRI anti-depression pills for 30 years, like since the early 90s, based on a complete falsehood, right? This is how this stuff happens. And then when you even, you, you go back through time and like, I, I, I've been having conversations with people lately about, I remember growing up in the early 90s and- we were told that fat was the devil. Fat makes you fat. So you have to have low fat everything. So all of a sudden you'd have like low fat yogurt and it would have low fat in it and it would just be jacked full of sugar. And the next thing you know, the obesity epidemic's just gone completely through the roof since all this stuff happened. And mm-hmm. it, and when you really go back and you look into all those studies, you find out that all these anti-fat studies were like funded by the sugar industry. Like this corruption's been going on for decades. This is not new. This is just... Yeah. This is just the most egregious example of it because at the end of the day, and I'll take you back to a very conspiratorial video that I did uh, probably 12 months ago, if not longer, where I spoke about the fact that uh, the Moderna vaccine is co-owned by the American National Institutes of Health. So you've had National Institutes of Health funding the research that created the coronavirus in Wuhan you've also had them uh, they were partners in the creation of the mRNA technology which they then gave to Moderna in their partnership in exchange for part ownership of the vaccine so you've literally got the National Institutes of Health created the virus and created the solution like it's bonkers
1: did they not also have the genome sequence patented in 2017 yeah like
0: so so this is the thing What what's the point of all this the point is we, we've we all known for a long time that what has gone on in the last two years has smelt fishy we've all known that even if you were the most trusting person in the world you would have felt something at some point in time especially last year like 2021 you would have felt at some point in time that what is happening is not right Right, you would have felt it in your gut. So, what or is a,
1: inflammation?
0: Yeah. So, what is important? What can we do with this information? Number one, jump off the COVID bandwagon right now. If you are still yeah. believing any of the COVID hysteria, now, yeah. Just, just to be clear, I'm not saying that COVID's not a real disease. It is. It yeah. affects the majority of people who are not elderly or immunocompromised as much as a normal regular cold does so if you if you feel yourself going i need to change my behavior because of how scared i am of this virus you just need to stop that right now that fear has been manufactured for you by the media by the governments and by the healthcare bureaucrats in the last two years right you have been conditioned to do that
1: by the people that created it yeah
0: 100 percent
1: who funded
0: it? Now, the other thing to remember too is the excess death rates that we're currently experiencing. So, we spoke a couple of uh, weeks ago about how the a number of excess deaths up until the end of July 2022, so just in that, um, you know, January 1st to 30th or 31st of July, however many days are in July, it's too late on a Friday night. The number of excess deaths, so above the five yearly average, is already higher just in this year alone than the total amount of deaths that we've had from coronavirus in australia the fact that the media is not even talking about that like consider the hysteria for the small amount of covid deaths that we had there it is right so there you go there's the information there because the so the newer stats just came out so now you can see here uh all debts with and without COVID-19 in Australia up until the 30th of August. So that's the latest uh, information that's come out. Now, I do remember seeing too, so let me, I can read here. So for all debts, uh, so we're, we are at exactly 17% more than the baseline average for debts.
1: Mm-hmm
0: which is a staggering number. So just to give you an idea, we normally have roughly 150,000 deaths in Australia every single year. So 17,000 more deaths means that you're gonna have somewhere around 25,000 additional deaths this year by the time we get to the end of the the end of the year. Now, I don't know if it's gonna stay at the top there, but what I did see was that our number of deaths from COVID itself actually was less last month than the month before. So, in other words, the excess deaths is still in, uh, is still staying yeah. up there, but the ena- amount of deaths that we're actually getting from COVID are reducing over time.
1: Oh, I think that's on this. I think that's on It'll here. It'll be in there uh,
0: somewhere, yeah. Uh,
1: all deaths minus the COVID deaths. Now, also, uh, the the thing that's sort of concerning is it seems to be almost everything else is up. Like, everything's up. The, you know... Um,
0: no, but do you know what's not up? Look at respiratory diseases.
1: Yeah, okay. So I would said this to someone during the week. So he is a... This guy is extremely data-driven. Yep. He had no idea what this excess death things were, were and I raised it. Mm-hmm. And he noted That was the first thing he noticed, was that if the respiratory deaths seem to, say, be about average, slightly above, yep. like, you know, within, you know. But my... If I had to guess the people that were susceptible like is a respiratory issue, right? Yes. Would they have died already by this point? Potentially. And therefore anyone that was any anyone that was going to have a respiratory issue would have got covid last year. Um, and probably well, if look, you're going to die from it, you really then or Not now. Have not necessarily.
0: But here's the thing, though: we've already had over 10 million cases of COVID this year.
1: Yeah.
0: So, what I find really interesting is when you look at the fact that all res- all deaths from respiratory viruses are actually lower this year than any other year, considering we're in the middle of a pandemic that 10 million people this year alone have been infected. Yeah. what that tells me is that a lot of people have actually been listening to the uh, information that's been put out into the space about how to care for yourself when you do get a respiratory virus things like vitamin D zinc you know vitamin C drinking lots of water getting fresh air getting sunlight all those sorts of good things mm. so people are like okay I know how to treat myself when it comes to respiratory virus now mm. but a lot of these other cases uh, causes of death are up things like type 2 diabetes, obviously all the heart heart disease issues, uh, Alzheimer's, I believe, is up as well. Now, the most concerning thing for me, and again, I, I spoke to you about this during the week, but I'll, I might rehash it here, especially if we do have any new viewers. A while ago, and I'm, I'm thinking probably 12 months ago, just piecing together different bits and pieces from a lot of the other guys who were speaking about this subject... This is the way that I believe all the adverse events come from when it comes to the mRNA vaccines, because that's the majority of the vaccines that we've had in Australia. Yeah. So so just to rehash, how do these mRNA vaccines work? They work by uh, mRNA, which is messenger ribonucleic acid. Uh, Essentially, the mRNA goes into your body And we were told at the beginning that it is injected into your shoulder muscle and it stays in that site. And we've since come to find that it doesn't. But essentially what the whole point is, it's supposed to go into your shoulder and then the mRNA inserts itself into some of your cells in the area. And then it it encodes those cells to be able to produce spike protein, which is similar to the coronavirus so then those cells start producing spike protein, your immune system then senses the foreign body there, it goes out, attacks the, uh, the spike protein, and then obviously it goes, okay, I know what the spike protein is, therefore when it sees it in the wild, the idea is that it's supposed to uh, you know, already be able to mount an immune response straight away, rather than having to figure it out as it goes. That, that's the theory behind mRNA. The biggest concern is obviously that we have since come to find that the mRNA doesn't stay in the shoulder muscle or yeah. it doesn't always stay in the shoulder muscle. I'm sure for some people it does, but clearly for some people it doesn't. And the method of delivery around the body is also a little bit unclear at the moment too. But there's been so many studies that have come out showing um, concentrations of the lipid nanoparticle that it's uh, it, that it's encased in. So again, for, for people who don't know, the mRNA is very... Um, it's, it degrades very easily. So to keep it live for long enough to actually be able to encode cells in your body, they code it in a thing called a lipid nanoparticle. Lipids, Blood lipids are like basically fat capsules that they, they, they're encoded in. And so they've actually found these lipids in uh, all different parts of the body based on these tests. But a lot of them have talked about how it's, you know, uh, gone to the ovaries, gone to all the different organs, etc. Now, one of the concerning things about the, the increase in all-cause mortality is a lot of the, uh, the diseases that have increased are autoimmune disorders, like, um, like Alzheimer's, for example, is an autoimmune disorder. So this is what I think is happening. When you get the injection into your arm, it is potluck where the mRNA actually travels to you in your body. So let's say for argument's sake that you've gotten your mRNA shot and some of it has traveled into your heart muscle, okay? It then encodes your heart cells into how to create spike protein. And they start creating spike protein. Now, we have also seen that the spike protein itself is cytotoxic. So it can actually cause damage just the spike on its own. Mm. So your body starts creating these spike proteins. Now, also... Uh, there has not been adequate studies done into how long these cells actually create the spike protein for, right? So we've essentially encoded cells with no off switch. Yeah. So it starts creating these these spike protein cells. So then your immune system goes, wow, there's a foreign body here and it's cytotoxic, I need to get rid of it. So it starts attacking the spike protein, but... It also realizes, hey, these cells are creating this thing. So I've got to kill those cells too. That's an an autoimmune disease. So autoimmunity is when your immune system attacks your own body's cells. So then, obviously, if your heart muscle is being attacked by your own immune system, what's that going to do? You're going to get inflammation. So you're going to get your myocarditis. You're going to get your pericarditis, right? So I believe one of the reasons why we're seeing such a vast array of potential adverse events is because it's literally potluck as to which cells in your body the mRNA infects therefore that's where your immune system is going to attack and it's pretty insidious because like this is the reason why if you go on like the TJ website for example and they talk about how oh we've we've assessed 900 and something odd uh, potential vaccine-related deaths, and we've only said that 14 are related specifically to the vaccine, and the majority of those are uh, AstraZeneca. The only reason why they can only relate 14 of these things is because the definition of what constitutes a definite vaccine adverse event-related death is the thrombocytopenia, because that's such a bizarre, out-of-this-world thing that just doesn't really happen naturally if unless you've got some form of disease that causes it, it's yep. the only thing that can categorically say 100% yes, like this is caused by is. the vaccine, right? But as we we're saying before, it is because this in, the entire, uh, what's it called? Surveillance process has been built on the falsehood that the mRNA shot stays in your shoulder muscle.
1: Yeah.
0: Just as we were saying before, the entire uh, lab leak conspiracy theory was built on a faulty paper that was literally written, signed off, and designed to put a smoke screen up so anyone who spoke about lab leak could be called a crazy right-wing conspiracy theorist. The surveillance of this thing has been based on the mRNA staying in your shoulder, which we now find out far too late after 90... 90- something percent of people in Australia, if you believe the figures have actually already been in- injected with these shots. Now we find out that it's based on a falsehood. So it would be really um, something that Senator Jared Rennick has been speaking about a lot lately in like estimates hearings when he's been quizzing these, these uh, heads of the health. And, and honestly, you need to get, actually, he's a really good follow on social media. He posts a lot of his stuff up there and you need to go and see some of the responses he's getting from these, um, you know, heavyweights in the health services for example, I think his name's Brendan Murphy. He was the chief health officer when the vaccine rollout began. And he literally admitted in Senate estimates this week that he never read the TGA non-clinical report. So he's the one who was going out going, yeah, everyone, go and get vaccinated. He didn't even read the report about them. Yeah, mad. Yeah, so this is this is uh, Senator Jared Rennick. Go and give him a follow on Instagram. He posts a lot of his estimates, hearings, questioning uh, up on his social media. He's one of the good guys. He's one of the guys who's been fighting the fight since right at the beginning. He's been demonized by the media. He's been demonized by other members of parliament. Uh, But he has been chipping away week in, week out since the beginning of the... Yep, he brings receipts and he's making massive headway. And I feel like what he's been posting up from the last week is the most... uh, number one the most uh, of step forward that he's been able to make but it's also the, mis- the most damaging to the credibility of the rollout because he's literally asking questions of people who all just try to fob it off to someone else who's not there but then when he actually pins them down on something and uses their own words that they said at the beginning of the pandemic they're like oh oh like oh no i, I don't think i ever said that like they yeah it's it's fascinating to watch. You just need to go and actually watch his, a, his stuff.
1: Is that a good segue into uh, other people that have said things online that just got...
0: <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think it absolutely is. Yeah. All right, you. right. I've been talking too much. You go.
1: Andrew Bogart, ex-NBA player, Aussie. Uh, former Red...
0: um, Australia's first ever number one draft pick for the NBA.
1: There you go. Mm-hmm. He, I got onto him, so during this, um, I think it was a moment locked lockdown. No, it would have been the vaccine rollout. So mm-hmm. I, I was made aware of his social media presence when he, he came out saying that he got paid or offered money to help push the vaccine. Yeah. And he basically came out and said, Hey guys, I'm rich. I don't need the money, mm-hmm. but you guys need to know he's, he's them asking me, they're going to offer me three grand or whatever yep. to push it. So if you see this stuff happening on, online, just mm-hmm. know they're not doing it for, you know, off their own back. Yep. They're getting paid by the government to push a drugs, which is illegal in this country.
0: Now, quick, quick note on that as well. Uh, remember the rebuttal for anyone who was red-pilled early on in the pandemic was, you're not a doctor, you're not a medical researcher, you're not a scientist, you don't know these things. And yet, the government was paying people who are not doctors, scientists, medical researchers to get out and literally tell people to go and take a vaccine they knew nothing about. And if you sold out and did that, you're a piece of shit. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Especially now. Well, did I speak about this on the podcast? I think I did a while ago. Um... Uh, I put myself in the bad books with uh, some fairly important people because there was a this like midwife guy uh, from I think he might have been from Victoria, I can't remember, but he just appeared on the news uh, and was and he put the clip up on his social media where he was telling pregnant women to go and get vaccinated, and I was like horrified by this, right? Because this guy I know I knew of him because Amanda was pregnant at the time and. He had quite a big profile and was very well liked by a lot of mothers and expectant mothers because he did a thing, what do I call it? It's like, um, I can't remember the name that they called it or some snappy term. But basically, uh, for any of you out there who've had kids before, you would know that sometimes when you're ready to go into labor, the, in, the, the fetus is not in the right position. And usually they just go, okay, we're going to do a C section. But what this guy could actually do is like turn the fetus into the right position right. just by manipulating the stomach. So great, great, amazing skill set, right? Really important, yep. has been instrumental in a lot of babies being brought into this world in the uh, the natural method rather than yep. going to these interventions. Great, great thing. So I got really triggered by him going out telling people flippantly to just go and get vaccinated. And not only did he do that on TV, but then he posted on his social media and then he was telling, like, I went through the comments and there's all these women going, oh, I really wasn't sure about it because, you know, when you're pregnant, they tell you that you can't even take vitamins. But, you know, I like, but now that I've seen this, like, you know, thanks, doctor, because back then they were saying mothers needed to get it to protect their unborn children from COVID.
1: Right, I I know that because it was written in the TGA because when we went to the doctors to try and get an exemption. Yeah our doctor pulled out TGA thing and said it's it, it's for expectant mothers mm-hmm. and people that are currently pregnant. That was their advice. That was yeah. TJ's advice. Yeah.
0: So obviously my wife was pregnant when this was happening. So I just got triggered and I was like... So I, I commented and I said that this is disgusting. You know, these are brand new experimental technologies and these women on here trust you. Like you... Mm me me going online and saying things about the vaccines i'm a nobody right i'm not a medical professional no one's coming to me for medical advice Mm. they're going to you and Mm. you're just telling them to go and do something you know nothing about so if one person has a miscarriage because of the vaccine that's on you dude Yeah, yeah anyway we got into this massive argument about it back and forth back and forth back and forth anyway surely enough a couple of months later uh that entire conversation was deleted yeah. So that was an example of he's a medical professional who I'm telling you right now, none of these guys go and sh- do appearances on TV for free because it's a native yeah. ad. He was literally a specialist brought on there to tap into a new market, which is pregnant women. He would have got yeah. paid good money for that appearance and you know you you're selling your soul so sorry getting back to the point andrew bogut he didn't sell out cuz he had enough money already
1: yeah so so that's where i got onto him and he's he's been very much a uh, red pillar and yep. he just recently got fact checked so he posted a a a snapshot of the victorian education department's page that talked yep. about giving schools the ability to allow kids to transition without asking the parents yeah. because it would deem them as a mature... Uh, yeah, I so it, it basically
0: said it was the LGBTIQ plus policy and yeah. it, it, you have to scroll really far down to, to, the, to the bottom, like near the bottom of the page and it says that um, essentially in a, in a circumstance where a child wishes to transition and their parents are not supportive of it, the school needs to make an assessment as to whether or not that young person can be deemed a mature minor and therefore begin the transition period against their parents' wishes. So they're they're telling schools to help facilitate gender transitions for students against their parents' wishes.
1: Now, it got instantly fact-checked. And like a big red fact check. So there's yeah. fact checks and then there's red fact checks. Yeah. And it, just and was like,
0: it was fact figure. checked as false information. So yeah. normally the, the like gray area that fact checkers use to just discredit no, 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 something. No, 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 well, they, no, no. they, they normally usually, say.
1: No, usually what happens is it says fact check false. You open the. You, you open. You go, oh, see why? And you read it and they agree with everything that is said. Yeah, but but, but they don't
0: a, a... No, they don't normally explicitly say false. They would normally say fact oh, check yeah, as right. uh, like partially inaccurate, lacks context. Yeah. And then they would just tell you garbage at the top, but then they would actually confirm it down the bottom. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they yeah. know that yeah. most people only read the top.
1: Yeah, not a not many of one.
0: them actually come through and say false information. Yeah. Right? Yeah. which so this, this one did dirty
1: red one and um, uh, what was interesting so he he's tried to fight back so he then took a photo of the blanked out screenshot version uh, sorry um, restricted version and he's like well hold on this is on the government website here's the link to the government website you can go there and look at it for yourself mm-hmm. but what was funny is that discernible posted it the same thing the same image that Bogut had But in his title He had like We are Hashtag Provax yep. Hashtag uh, LGBTI Hashtag Pro Ukraine Hashtag And he got away with it He'd never got he never got
0: checked. Yeah so I've literally Just pulled up Bogut's page So he He shared what Discernable said After that And Discernable said Yes and we Screenshotted the same Victorian government page And post on Instagram To test We made our copy Very pro left We got no censorship does Andrew Bogut's account have restrictions that others don't? Uh, Elon Musk is is cleaning dodgy algos at Twitter, thankfully. Migrate to Twitter is what he said. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but what's have interesting... You
1: got the, have you got the hashtags there? Uh,
0: I don't have it here. I can, I can go and find it uh, quickly. It'll be right.
1: Now, Bo- Bogut has... He, he called out all the people that were part of the fact check. And tried to hit him up to like, hey, can you give me some clarity on why this thing mm-hmm. was fact-checked? Because it's like a government website.
0: Sorry, before you, you know? move on, because I'll go back to that. And I'll read you the emails. But so this was discernible's post. So they just screenshot of the exact same segment. Now, just to read out to you, it says parental consent. There may be circumstances in which students wish or need to undertake gender transition without the consent of their parents, for or carers, and or without consulting medical practitioners. If no agreement can be reached between the student and the parents regarding the student's gender identity, or if the parents will not consent to the, stu- uh, uh, to the contents of a student support plan, it will be necessary for the school to consider whether the student is a mature minor. If a student is considered a mature minor, they can make decisions for themselves without parental consent and should be affirmed, and should be affirmed in their gender identity at school without a family representative or carer participating in can formulating the school management plan.
1: Can I buy booze using that argument?
0: Well, Can I
1: join the military by using that See, argument? this is
0: the thing though, right? Like Can this, I get a driver's license? This is the, the slippery slope because my first thought with this is I go, okay, what if the, the, the kid's like gender identity or, or, or sexual orientation or whatever is, I'm a seven-year-old kid who wants to have sex with my primary school teacher. What if that's it? And the primary school teacher's into it. Do we just call them a mature minor and let them do it?
1: Doesn't set a precedent, could do. Right? Well, I it's mean, it's written in the policy. It's
0: written in the policy, right? So, yeah. anyway, this was what Discernible said in their blurb at the bottom. As a pro vax, pro mask, pro mandate, pro lockdown, pro trans, pro woke, pro Ukraine page, we join the good work <laughs> of Andrew Bogart to inform these students who wish to undertake gender transition, in quotes, without consent of their parents or without consulting medical practitioners, that they may be sufficiently mature to make their own decisions if declared a mature minor by their school. To get support in your transition without consent of your parents, please see the Victorian Government website, and he's got the link there.
1: So it, the, no censorship they, on that one. He laid a trap, mm-hmm. and they fell for it. Yep, they
0: walked him. straight into it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- th- there is the perfect example of that's how that's how narrative controlling big tech is. That's mm-hmm. why we're here on Rumble and not on YouTube. That's like, right. YouTube will like, literally will not let us say this. Yep, we haven't heard anyone. You know? Yeah, um, and and the the fact that um, Bogut can go and put a link to a government website and a screenshot from a government website and get like instantly fact checked straight away,
0: but fact checked as false information. Yeah. false info. It was a screenshot of a government website and it was fact checked as false information. Yeah. that just that just shows you right there what the game is. So Bogut, he he emailed the Fact Lab, so the RMIT uh, Fact Lab, saying, hi, I'd like to have written feedback as to why my post was fact-checked as false. Their first response was, hi, Andrew, thank you for your email. We are looking into the matter, and we will get back to you as soon as possible. So they obviously needed time to formulate a story. And then they responded later saying, hi, Andrew, looks like Meta's technology picked up your post, regards Fact Lab. That's all they said. So it, they're quite happy to fact check everything fact is check? false until they get caught out. Uh, oh, what? Here we... Okay. So literally just, just as me. I've looked at it, he's just put up a new post. And now someone has just sent him a screenshot where oh, yeah. it says, yeah. are you sure that you want to follow Andrew Bogut? This, this account has repeatedly posted false information that was reviewed by independent fact checkers or went against our community guidelines.
1: Wow. And, and in his
0: in his post, uh, thanks RMIT Fact Lab. Oh, sorry, another meta automation. They can't tell me what i posted that is false, though. This is on top of the shadow ban on my account, which most people can't even search for unless they spell it perfectly. The blue head mob clearly are rattled.
1: Uh, so the the fact check's gone on those articles. Yeah,
0: because remember? it's uh, it's blatantly true information. It is written on a government website now. let's take this to conspiracy corner because this is what I think that this is all in aid of, and I'll give you some supporting evidence. Okay. One of the, the biggest, most concerning parts of left wing politics and left wing agenda for me is that they get to do the most evil things under the guise of doing the right thing.
1: Mm.
0: So the the gender transition thing for minors is a perfect example of that. A a lefty, empathetic person can easily be sold that helping young children reaffirm their true gender identity is the right thing to do. They can easily be sold that. It sounds like the nice thing to do. However, me as a parent, I know how easy to manipulate kids are.
1: Yeah.
0: I tell Nate almost every night that the tv broke because i turned the tv off <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: right he wants yeah. to watch tv late at night and i'm like no he's got to go to bed sorry mate tv's broken and he believes me yeah right guess what the tv's not broken right now i could transition it to being broken yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. not broken so yeah. i lie to these kids every single day to get what i want right now the biggest issue that i have with this is you go okay let's say they are being truly evil in this what's the end game what are they trying to do and I have thought for many years now that left-wing politics has been trying to replace the nuclear family with the state so you've seen this push away from heterosexual mum, dad and a couple of kids family groups towards you know now LGBTIQA plus they are put above heterosexual people Right? Now, I'm not against being LGBTIQA+. You can do whatever you want. I don't care. Mm. But you can do it as adults, right? Yeah. When you're old enough to get a driver's license, vote, drink, smoke cigarettes, you can make whatever decision you want. You're an adult and you can, you can do your own thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Indoctrinating kids into anything is wrong. It's absolutely wrong. And now, here's my main concern. Why why would left-wing governments all around the world be doing this? Because it is happening in other countries. Like, I was speaking about this 12 months ago because I was seeing what was coming out of the United States and everyone's like, no, you're crazy, man. That's never going to happen over here. The, the United States is just crazy. Next thing you know, look what we're talking oh, I about. Said,
1: I thought that. Yeah. I thought that. Right? I wasn't worried about it. Now, I'm like enraged by this.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because, to me, it's pretty clear. What they are trying to do... Like Now, they know this gender ideology stuff... Is so ridiculous and so unscientific that the only way that you can uh, you can make it grow is by indoctrinating kids who are too young to understand how the world actually works. Mm. Because adults, we we know that a man can't become a woman and have children. We know that, right? Yeah. Unless you're dumb or crazy, we know that. Yeah. But kids don't. So if you yeah. indoctrinate and
1: if you're enough if you say it enough that's right you can make it true yeah
0: now what's happening also at the same time is all of a sudden there's these push from these left wing governments like New Zealand's doing this at the moment I believe America's talking about it too where they're trying to lower the voting age to 16
1: right
0: right now why do we have a voting age at 18 in Australia it's because we want kids to be adults and have some form of life experience before they can vote on the future of our country So, the lower you make the voting age, the more open to manipulation the the voters become. Now, there's a saying, uh, I can't remember who the saying comes from, but there is a saying which says, uh, if you are under the age of 25 and you vote and you lean to the right, you don't have a heart. If you are over the age of 25 and you lean to the left, you don't have a brain. Right right? Uh-huh. Because younger yeah. people are more emotionally driven, older sure. people who've had a bit more life experience and generally have a bit more to lose. Maybe they've got a career, maybe they've got a family, they've got kids that money. they're worried about. They make money. All of a sudden, you, you so people tend to skew more conservative the older they get, yeah. okay? So if you're a left-leaning government or a left-leaning organization what are you trying to do you're trying to bring in more younger kids into the fold because they're number one they're the future so if you yeah. can get get your hands onto them early and you can indoctrinate them early they like this is all in aid of creating another generation of left-wing voters that's what it comes down to because when be. those young kids when the young kids who are being told that all this gender transition ideology bullshit is a fact and is true when they get to voting age what, what's the vote going to be about? The vote's going to be either the left-wing government who says that what you know to be Everything, true is yeah, yeah. the truth, or the right-wing government that says that you're wrong. Yeah. Who are you going to vote I, for?
1: I I think that that's very... Like, it makes sense. I think it, it could it could definitely be that. Mm-hmm. I see it as... I agree that they're trying to break up the nuclear family, Mm -hmm. and I would just say for economic reasons. Let's just make a bunch of drones that are desperate to, they'll have to become these workers, Uh, they'll have to jump in these social systems that the government pays for, so you're effectively owned by the government. Yeah, you have to do
0: what you're told, you have to take your mandatory vaccinations or they cut you off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- yeah. I definitely
0: think that's an element of it as well. Uh, yeah, get I mean, yourself
1: into heaps of student debt by, and, yeah. and get re-indoctrinated into, into things to come out of those things earning less than you were going to earn before. Yeah, that, That's... I that,
0: mean, the statistics well, show that children who grow up in a traditional family setup tend to have uh, higher earning roles later in life. Yeah. So in other words, if you break up the nuclear family, like Jordan Peterson talks about this a lot. I um, saw Jordan Peterson
1: through the week. The yeah, it's
0: good to see him out out in Australia,
1: and and yeah. maybe
0: maybe he mentioned something about this. I'm not sure, but what he speaks about a lot is one of the things which caused the most damage to society. In his opinion, is the inst. Uh, and now this is particularly speaking about Canada because I'm not sure if this is the way that it works in Australia yet. I'm sure it will. Mm. But it is no fault divorce. So for anyone who's been married. Uh, you know how normally it's like, oh, these people, they got divorced and they cited irreconcilable differences, right? That's normally the go-to catchphrase. So when you get married, it's a legally binding contract, which basically binds you, that person, and the government, right? All all in the same time. And the tradition of marriage is is supposed to be a you stay married forever type scenario. But then all of these liberal-leaning countries brought in no-fault divorce, where it's essentially you can just get divorced whenever you want. Now... If you are just a couple who's married with no kids, I got no dramas if you get divorced. You can do whatever you want; that's fine. Yeah. As soon as you have children, though, it's not about you anymore. Yeah. Right, and you actually need to put the kids before yourself. And look, what I knew I grew up with a really good mate of mine. We we used to joke about his kids. We're like, oh, his parents are still in, uh, they're only still together because of the kids. Like we know they didn't like mm. each other, but they stayed together because of the kids. And guess what? Those kids grew up to become respectable. Uh, functional, productive adults in society. Now, what has happened in recent times is, and there's a lot of pieces to this, there's the no-fault divorce part, there's the women's empowerment movement where, you know, women can go out and get their own jobs now. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I'm saying that now that means that women these days have more options that they didn't used to have before. So they can leave if things aren't suitable at home. But at the end of the day, whether that's, and like, again you, you you'll you have every individual circumstance which goes the gamut of what's right for her what's right for him what's right for the kids right no, yeah. no situation is going to be the same everything is unique however the one thing that really does come across more often than not is that in a split parent household where either there's shared custody or not shared custody and you know the dramas that can come with that mm. the kids tend to suffer
1: yeah and, they, and the outcomes are worse.
0: And the outcomes are worse. Now, the, the, the more conspiratorial part of my brain, especially someone who's got children of my own now, goes, I think one of the reasons why you and I are even doing this podcast to begin with is because we are fortunate enough that our parents stayed together and our parents are very different. They've got mm-hmm. two extremely different perspectives. Mm-hmm. So we grew up in a household which for the first 18 years, we knew there was more than one side to the story. Yeah, yeah. So if you grew up in a single parent household, you only grow up thinking that there is one side to the story. So when you go on and you watch your mainstream media news it, which tells you that the missile that hit Poland was shot from Russia and then now maybe NATO's gonna, you know, go Article five and start attacking Russia, you just go, Oh, that must be the
1: facts You see I look, I, I think parts of it are that I also think that if the if it's now easier for a woman to just earn money and leave then the onus is taken away like if, if there's less effort put into trying to make the relationship work mm-hmm. like it's the path the least resistance which yep. might which will never will, will, I'm sure there's many relationships out there that never got the chance that they really deserve because the effort wasn't there because they're the one one person and this is mm-hmm. on both sides Yeah, one person's just like looking for the next thing Yeah. You know, like I think seventy percent of divorces are initiated by the woman. Hmm. So it's it. You know, and look, guys have got to step up. Like, yeah oh, for sure, guys have to step up and
0: yeah. Like um, I'm telling, I'm telling you, man. As a as a guy, I've been married for four years. I've got two young children. Marriage is hard, dude. Like, and having yeah. kids is hard. Being in a family is hard. But the problem is and one of the biggest concerns that i have about families that do break up especially when the kids are early is that kids don't learn conflict resolution they just learn that Shit. if there's a if there's a conflict you either do what you're told or you Please. walk away from it you can't yeah. actually solve the problem and i'm not like it really makes me wonder about how like polarized politics has become these days is that just because like back in back when we grew up you would have, you know, a a civil disagreement with someone at a barbecue or at a dinner party or whatever, and you would be able to discuss the issue. And then you could agree to disagree and you could go on and talk about fishing or sports or whatever. Whereas these days it's like, Everyone's so polarised. It's like you're you're either in, you're either with me or you're against me, and I don't care about the ninety nine percent of your personality that I've liked the entire time. You're different to me on this one particular issue, and the all I know to do is to walk away from you now.
1: I'd argue that's always been the uh, the, the the former. No, the latter has always been the case. You think? I reckon if, yeah. If if there's been far lefts, there's been far rights forever. Mm. The far out ones are never going to get on. Most of us are in the middle.
0: Yeah, but I feel like the middle is becoming more divided and I don't necessarily think, well, I know, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. I don't necessarily think that they are more divided. I think that they are less willing to talk to each other. So if something comes up which they disagree with, they don't argue about it. They just remove themselves from that friendship quietly, and and move on with their lives. somewhere else. I think else. on the
1: extremes. I think I think on the extremes. Extreme far, uh, extreme left, extreme right. Um, they have problems. I think the centre is
0: fine. Yeah, speaking from anecdotal experience though, I know that there's some people who are pretty moderate, maybe slightly lean left, who don't talk to me now because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So that's just my personal experience. Yeah. And regardless of the fact that the things that we've is that been got,
1: Mike Hardins.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe no. Well, regardless of the fact that obviously, it, it, like we live in a world now where you know, like facts matter less than feelings.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what, that is the thing. And I think that that's and, a balance. And my issue. feeling is that I need to go to bed.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. All right, let's leave it there. Thank you very much for joining us, guys. Again, don't forget to give us a hit the rumble button. Follow us. Follow us on socials as well, Instagram, Facebook. Give us some feedback. Shoot us comments. Shoot us messages. If you want us to chase down some stories, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks very much for joining us, guys, and we will see you you next time. See ya. Bye.